Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From the southernmost point of dawn to the lands of always winter and what is west of Westeros and the shadows in the east and to all the weddings in the realms. This is Casterly Talk. I'm Kat Dabsock and we are looking at episode five. We Light the Way, directed by Claire Kilner, the writer Charmaine de Grasse. We're going to talk about her, some of her experiences that she brought to this. I'm not going to do this alone, of course. I can't do this alone. There's so much. Join me tonight, as always, is Alton Diaz and Andres Ace Cabrera, representing the Phoenix Suns. Alton's <laughs> representing Sir Brian of Darth, and I intentionally <laughs> am representing the Night's Watch because there were so many brutal politics and legacy questions that I was like, I'm just going to take the black and get out of here. You all fun. Peace, I'm out. <laughs> it's a good plan. It's a good plan. I was going to attend a wedding, and then I remember that's a terrible idea. <laughs> Terrible, terrible idea. And uh, yeah, we'll get to all that there, including Ryan Condal in the uh, inside the episode going, you know, we wanted to live up to the legacy of weddings and Game of Thrones. We'll we'll uh, do that here. Uh, before we get dive in deep, so happy to have Alden and Andres here as uh, well. But we are going to have a little quick summary here. I love kind of trying to write these up because it helps me focus on what actually might have been in the episode. I can get it back too. Death. Duty, legacy, and the question of who you will be remembered as hangs over the realm. King Viserys I, failing health, has him contemplating all these big questions as he sets in motion a plan to wed his heir, Rhaenyra, to Lenor Velaryon and hopefully secure his line, his family, in the Targaryen dynasty. You have to say it, dynasty, not dynasty. But everyone else is trying to answer the question of who they will be, and perhaps none more than Alicent Hightower, who... For the first time, steps out before everyone is not just a queen, but to quote one of my favorites, Marjorie Tyrell, the queen. Tensions are brewing, passions are boiling over, and that means it's a perfect time for a Game of Thrones wedding. Gentlemen, mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. moments, big reveals, big themes, a lot to get to, but let's talk about overall thoughts on race. Where are you at with episode five? We light the way. Wow, I mean... It's it's tradition to have a messy wedding in Westeros, and this definitely lived up to it. I, my thing is like, it, it it's it was the whole episode kind of fit the theme of chaos, and yeah. I felt like the wedding was chaotic. Everything was chaotic, like it was just pure chaos. And obviously, it's all about the dominoes that are falling up in order to set up what's to come and the episodes to come. Because I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure there's going to be a major time jump mm-hmm. in the next few episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're looking at possibly even 10 years in the next episode. We'll get to that here. Mm. This is also a swan song for many performers playing the younger versions of these characters. Emily Carey and Millie Alcock at the center of that. We'll talk about that as well. Alden, you're applauding them as you should. Wonderful performers. Uh, it, it, it truly is going to be hard to say goodbye, but uh, we're going to be open to what uh, is coming down the pipeline. But Alden, your overall thoughts on episode five? We light the way. Horrified. Absolutely horrified yes. in the best way. I I said it to you via text. I said it to my mother who watches House of the Dragon. I said, like, this is 
horror thriller. And we've seen a little bit of the psychological terror that they've put these characters through throughout. Yeah. This show started in a darker place than Game of Thrones started, as it should have. Mm-hmm. But this was chaos, like you said, Andres, cacophony. Um, they've done a great job of throughout the show showing us what we need and maybe not even what the characters know, like the, you know, the, the sexcapades and the scandal that we've just gotten through. We know some definitive answers the characters don't. Here, we got cut out just as much as they did. Um, the lack of clarity is shocking in the best way. Claire mm. Kilner's directing is unreal. Yeah, I feel differently terrified than I did after The Red Wedding and not at all satisfied as I did after the purple wedding, but this is a genius episode. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal, intense. And you're right. We've been talking about this and tracking it all the way through five episodes in. This is a, as I said earlier on a, a more somber show. Doesn't mean there aren't moments of a little comedy. There was one great moment in the chaos of it all. And Andres, I think that's a great word to describe a lot of the things going on here. The chaos of it all. Uh, King Viserys, trying to cut that chicken by not paying attention but just looking around it was one of the uh, my favorite moments love that yeah good. yeah and for me the overall thing of we like the way should be uh, we should note those are the words of house hightower uh so this is a uh, very much an allison episode and for me it was a statement i've personally been ready for from allison a character i love rhaenyra i love millie alcock's interpretation of rhaenyra uh, but I really have been uh, looking at Allison, uh, even going into the series of what is she going to do? What steps is she going to take? And, and this episode mm-hmm. asks that question of what do you want to be? What do you want to do? What is your legacy? Who are you going to be? We're going to dive into that. I think she answered that there. Uh, and I uh, wanted to give this note. Uh, the, the, the accredited writer, uh, of course, it's a room full of wonderful producers and writers, Sarah Hess. Um, Orange the new, is the New Black showrunner had something to do uh, not only with this first season, but this episode specifically. But Charmaine de Gratte. I loved this episode. I was looking up at her. She's done a lot of wonderful things, including The 100. Uh, but she attended Vassar College, upstate New York there, and she spent her summers working as a congressional intern in Washington, D.C. And I wow. saw that note and went, yeah, that tracks for this episode. The politics, and not just the politicking, which is different than the politics and what mm-hmm. politics mean. Politics often mean uh, how we decide and come together to take care of the people. Um, it was all through this episode. It made a lot of sense. It's a little bit of her background. How do you guys feel about that, Andres? Yeah, I mean, this is all about political advantage and political gain and how House Valarian is finally satisfied with what they're going to get. And Mm. yet it's thrown off course with (laughs) not just the interest between Lenor and Rhaenyra, but also just outside factors mm. when it comes to Sir Kristen Cole and obviously Allison to mm. come. So I, I feel like that's a major part of it, but also yeah. Damon playing his games on the side and mm. still kind of playing 4D chess when everyone else is playing checkers. Uh, <laughs> I still feel like that's a big thing that's going to come because uh, Damon never stops playing. Like, homie, just take a break. Just sit on the bench for like five minutes. <laughs> just but have some wine. <laughs> You're at a wedding. Enjoy it. I love that, Andres. Playing 4D chess while everyone's playing checkers is amazing. We're going to talk about, and Alden, I know you've been kind of, uh, I don't want to say Team Damon. That might be putting words in your mouth. But you like what uh, Matt Smith has uh, been putting down <laughs> into the show here. But this starts off with a brutal move from Damon. Where are you at with uh, the Rogue Prince? It's fascinating, right? Because there is a, there's a, there's a, not a theme. There's a, there's a motif with this character that has been all but said until finally his now late lady wife finally says it. Damon Targaryen is the rogue prince that cannot actually do the deed, be that politically, 
uh, in terms of his own satisfaction and mm-hmm. sexually. You know, not mm-hmm. to take it to that explicit place here as we're having this podcast, but all of his sexual encounters in this show so far, none of them have ever gone all the way, mm-hmm. not even with Masaria. Um, that's an intentional thing that they've showed us throughout. He can't actually do the deed that he initiated with Rhaenyra. And then we have his actual wife here saying, you could never finish or you can't ever finish or whatever mm-hmm. the wording is. The double entendre, of course, being all of your tasks, but also yeah. them being these these uh, childless parents, no mm-hmm. heirs. And that's uh, great, great for him, as we will find out later on. But yeah, I mean, to see this guy just be like walking in security mm-hmm. and the way that they place him. The Damon Red uh, Red Keep uh, entrances have become a staple of this show, uh, <laughs> as he never never walks with the crowd, and and then you know to, to tie it in with Allison, yeah. they've trained us that way. So yeah. we get Damon walking in, and we're like, "There's our X factor," and then they're like, "Nope, here's one more," and it's just yeah. a great little beat. Every every time Damon enters, I I just hear Jim Ross going, "That's that that's Damon Targaryen's music," as he my does. God. My God, my God, the running. No, well said. And yeah, look, yeah, we're not just uh, making cheeky jokes. It isn't. Uh, it's very purposeful that in the sex scenes we've seen with him. Uh, he, he cannot finish what he's trying to start, and it weighs on him. It gets to him. Uh, uh, this uh, Ray Royce, uh, rest in peace, uh, uh, you know, a brutal scene there. Uh, we're gonna, we can talk in a little more detail there, but even even going to the Stepstones, right? That was the big thing about him finishing maybe finally what he started in and, and that one particular interest uh, in, in, instance and now emerging, um, I think, like, like Andres is saying, just kind of always playing, always playing, mm-hmm. always trying to finish what he starts here. It's a big challenge for him. Um, yeah. Uh, tie that in with the, you know, that congressional aid stuff, that that political background. Yeah. That, like that's you could feel the Washington D.C. and the aren't they supposed to greet us? All right, I guess we'll walk all the way. And then like all of those little moves that are just pure yeah. passive aggression. Even Otto leaving, like, hey, yeah. I gotta go, but you better wreck shop while I'm gone. Yeah. Like, it's just it's powerful. Yeah, I want to dive into that here in a second. But I, going back to the the uh, you know we get to see uh, up there uh, the, was the Runestones, uh, Ray Royce, uh, and yeah, you know I looked at I I, I listened to the inside, watched the inside uh, the episode thing. It's fun to get some notes and just kind of see where the creators are are coming from. I try to bring my own uh, thoughts into the theme discussion here, but I was. Um, I, I, I was interested in what they were talking about here because Ray Royce does say, what will you do now? She says that to Damon. That's that's a big theme overall this episode. Everyone's kind of answering this question. What will you do now? So that's the opening mm-hmm. scene here. Um, but Andres, I'll start with you here. What do you think of, of Matt Smith and how he played this scene? Uh, the creator's kind of saying, uh, we don't necessarily know. First of all, it's one sentence in Fire and Blood. We decided to extrapolate that into this scene. We don't know necessarily what he was trying to do when he got there. What did you take it and how did you like uh, Matt Smith's portrayal here? It's interesting because there's uh, there was a moment, obviously, in episode three where he spent the entire half of the episode not saying a word. Right. And this entire scene, he did the same thing. He's done that twice now where he doesn't say anything and he communicates everything with his emotion and his face, obviously with his acting. So this is another moment of Damon basically going dragon mode. I don't know, Mm. beast mode, dragon mode. And, (laughs) and just completely just committing to what he wants Mm. and what he needs to do in order to get what he wants, which is obviously more power and more leverage in order to, you know, rise up in his name. So I felt like, that was so important and so key. And it's also something that teases what we're going to get with Damon in the future. Mm. Because if you've read Fire and Blood, there's always that little idea of like, did Damon do this? Like, mm. is is Damon behind everything? Like, there right. is that little 
thing that's put in your head uh, that's never really confirmed, yeah. but always kind of questioned as far as mm. gaming, trying to set mm. up dominoes and push them down. I love that. And, and, and you're not even sharing the details, but it is, there's a little bit of that. It was me, James, the author of All Your Pain kind of vibe yeah. going on here. And yeah. I, I love what uh, Andre said there, Alden, of, uh, even if you uh, know the text of Fire and Blood, they are playing with the, yeah, he goes, we, we say in our story here that he kills her. But does he go right. there to do that? Does she push him that? Which is is not saying that she deserved this or anything. Yeah, that's not the comment I'm making. But she says those words to him. Uh, oh, you can't even finish, and and, and that hits him, uh, and he does this horrible, horrible thing. Uh, how, how did you like Matt Smith's portrayal here? What do you think about what Andres is suggesting? Which is we have these margins that they're playing with, and even then, we mm-hmm. still don't really know the answers here. Yeah, I love that you brought that up, Andres. I mean, there were conversations after this this previous episode about the brothel and everything of, mm-hmm. did he rip her hat off just to, like, what did he actually set in motion? Was Masaria on the take? Did he know Masaria was an information broker and purposely get caught? Like, mm-hmm. what level of, like, you know, Blofeld level antics uh, to throw the throw the bond in there, Ken? Yeah. Like, what is this guy doing? Is it 4D chess? And I think Matt Smith's brilliant. I mean, I, mm-hmm. you know, I was a mark for Matt Smith before, I watched The Crown for this man, like stuff I was not prepared <laughs> to watch. Like it was, he just, he's a brilliant actor. And and to see him lean into what I've been saying, you mm-hmm. know, little James Bond, but also a little bit of that Kylo Ren energy of you people keep deciding what I am and I'm just living up to your expectations. Yeah. If you guys had just, if you had made me hand, if you had done X number of things, maybe I wouldn't be this way. I was going to walk away and maybe let someone find you and maybe you would have been a you know, paralyzed, who knows what her fate would have been. He kind of mm. tests her arm a little bit. Like, am I going to break this all the way out? You're kind of injured mm. leaves. And then it's the prodding and he cannot have his insecurities, you know, prodded mm. like that, which is why he likes people like the lady Lena later on that see him by all the accolades, like right. the dragon rider, the knight, the rogue prince. Like he, he can only buy into expectations. You give mm. him praise. He'll become that guy. You give him an insult. He'll become that guy too. Mm. Good point. Good point. More questions about legacy and what will you do? What will you do now? I do want to get to the auto scene and we can die uh, from here. We can go into themes, all the big reveals, but I did, I did not want to leave this auto scene off the table because this is really all we had with auto tonight. And it's mm-hmm. very important. Uh, and I, and, and I'm so happy to have Andres here for this one because uh, you and I, I think Alden, uh, you're with us too, but Andres and I have always been big fans of Tywin Lannister, which doesn't mean we root for Tywin. <laughs> It just means we understand the character. There's things to learn. There's things not to be. There's things to analyze. Uh, All of you've had some great notes of Tywin in the past too, but Otto for me hit a bit of the Tywin note tonight that we've always, Oh, he's like the Tywin of the series. It's, it's been played differently. I, I, uh, he's kind of a shit dad. And, but in this moment, he does care about you. I care about our name. I care about our dynasty. I care about our place. I'm kind of right, and you need to decide if you're a high tower or not. Which doesn't mean Allison just keep in line with the family. But who are you going to be? It's hard truths, and he's telling the truth. Which I always said, as brutal as this land is, Tywin does things right, not good. He's not someone I want to send a Christmas card to or a name day card to. But for the rules in this world, he. He wins until he loses, and that has to do with a lot of things that we can talk about in other shows. But anyways, I want to pitch it to you guys. I'll start with you, Andres. We're off in Team Taiwan with some asterisks. What do you think about Otto in this moment here and the truths he was laying down? Uh, I, I love it. I mean, obviously, this is a moment where he is speaking to his daughter and trying to 
get her to realize like at the end of the day, you are a high tower. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do to change that. And your children are your children, regardless mm-hmm. of your connection to Rhaenyra or if your belief in Rhaenyra. So I like that moment. And I like the realization of that. And also the idea of the high towers. We always hear mm-hmm. about the Valarians, the Valarians, but the high towers are also an extremely powerful, rich family of Old Town, which is considered mm-hmm. to be the oldest place in all of Westeros and so yeah. much tradition and culture there. So we see that there is a lot of pride when it comes to the name high tower. So Allison trying to hug that and connect it that a little bit more instead of just mm-hmm. kind of peeling back to the shadows is something that's so important for her and for her character. And obviously the moment with her and Kristen Cole is even more important, but that was a great moment for her to realize like, all right, I'm going to have to do something if I'm going to survive this game. Well said. Mm. Yeah. We light the way indeed. Either you prepare Aegon to rule or you cleave to Rhaenyra and pray for her mercy. But this is your choice. He's leaving. This is almost Luke telling Ray, this is your fight. Now I've touched everything. This is your fight. And he walks away all then your thoughts of, uh, Good old Otto, fired, looking to go get new work on LinkedIn. Honestly, yeah, brushing up that resume while on horseback. Yeah, the the, <laughs> the entire idea is the entire idea that you just spoke to Andres of who who are you really? Because I look at you, you're my kid, and I see my kid. I see Hightower. This is the, this is a last ditch effort. And as in that the, the post show um, behind the episode, Reese Siphons beautifully saying. This word, this world doesn't have the words that a father needs to say in this moment. They don't, they doesn't have the I love you that is somewhere in there. But he's speaking in this Game of Thronesian ice and fire way of like, this is all the love I can show you. And it's the love that we talk about with Tywin to tie it in with that character, the great Ned versus Tywin. One prepared them for the world and one loved them. Uh, and yeah, yeah, there was, you know, there was a, ba- a middle to be had there. This is, Otto trying to have love but god desperately trying to lean into that side of like i need to prepare you because much like people have done with damon you know viserys makes that connection for for allison and for us those two have the blood of the dragon Um, and we'll get into his thoughts on his own legacy a little bit and how he differs but those two have the blood of the dragon and we and damon keeps leaning into what we say he is if Mm. we say renero will do this Will you know put your children to the sword? You have to beg for mercy and all that stuff. He's laying out a lot of claims mm. about a young woman that he's known since she was a baby, mm. and it's like because you're saying those things, are you going to force her to become those things? And those are mm. the kinds of questions that I love that the show answers or asks and kind of answers and kind of answers. And and one of the things for me again, in Otto walking away, uh, I don't know how you guys feel about this or connect with it. He walks away, and I think it really does put this choice to Allison. And this everything that Allison does here, uh, the, the episode moves so well. I see so much through her eyes, including holding another crying baby, and is this and, and getting this truth that she was, you know, lied to or misled, however you want to see it from Rhaenyra. And then the the WrestleMania entrance, <laughs> walking in with the green dress <laughs> and, and calling the banners. Essentially, it all comes from her. It's not like Otto said, "All right, cool, I'm leaving. I got fired. I'm going to go get a job, a uh, weekend manager at Best Buy. Uh, here's what I think you should do." He's just saying, here's mm-hmm. here's where you got to find yourself. Here's where you are. You have to make the choice. And Allison does make the choice. So uh, in a way, I, it's, this is one of those shows where it's, I don't know, I'm, I'm rooting for everyone. I'm rooting for everyone just eventually have some uh, lemon cakes and get along. Uh, but Andres, yeah. uh, your, your, your thoughts there and uh, some of the stuff before we move on to Viserys. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously we see that in the wedding and we see how Allison uh, speaks to her uncle and, and how her uncle mm. says, we got your back. And I like that scene because it shows that, hey, whatever you decide to do, just so you know, like Old Town's behind you and Old Town's gangster. Mm. So, you know, we we got the hookups there. <laughs> so I love that she kind of listened to that and was like, all right, I have some safety yeah. with my decision making when it comes to my own family and when it comes to Old Town. So, yeah, Allison rising up needed to be done, especially throughout the past episodes and even especially last episode when we saw her basically just be used mm -hmm. uh, by Viserys. So I, I think this was important for her character. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what Olivia Cook's going to do with the character mm, as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah she, yeah. she walks in, has all the attention. Mind you, there's been so many scenes, the first four episodes where she was going to say something. She did say something and everyone kind of said, especially for Sarah's, <laughs> go hold the babies. She uh, walked in with some purpose, Alden. Yeah, walked in with purpose, and like you said there, Andres, used by Viserys, also used by Rhaenyra. She's coming off of realizing, uh, sort of, mm -hmm. to borrow a Clone Wars line, half-truths and hyperbole were at play. Yeah. Um, with this whole idea of, did Rhaenyra factually, based on what we the viewers know, lie about Damon? Not technically. They did not consummate. They did not do the deed. Mm -hmm. But there was also all this talk about questioning my virtue is treason, Allison. Mm. I would never, Allison. It was just to show in some drinks, Allison. You were telling a different lie, both in words and by omission at the same time. Mm. And that's a crushing betrayal. I got this other baby. My husband is continuing to decompose, which, my goodness, the makeup jobs on Patty Considine for later. And we can talk about that at the end. But my, I'm so sad. I feel like he's my dad. I'm like heartbroken. Um, but yeah, like for yeah. her to really show up and say, here I am is a triumph, a personal triumph, but also is almost a societal tragedy because mm -hmm. Otto, you know, made, let that decision to her, but he put his chips down and hoped that his years of preparing this child um, would pay off. And in a roundabout way they did. And for old town to do that, it, it shows like how sometimes people, some people just need to feel supported. Mm -hmm. And if you, had, if anyone had shown anyone in that room support at other times, yeah. maybe he wouldn't be here. Maybe Lara strong wouldn't be the way that he is if yeah. he was valued, but no, he was treated just like this guy with a disability and tossed aside. And so, yeah. like you said, yeah, you're rooting for everyone. I'm rooting against the pot stirrers. Yeah. I hate Lara. I hate Joffrey night of the kisses. Yeah. I hate all these guys. Um, <laughs> I love it. Ruining things. <laughs> I love that there. Uh, we got some things to get to next. We got Sir Kristen's offer to Renera. We got King Viserys. We've got these big themes. We can start diving in here, guys. Go where you want to go here in a bit, Alden. I'll pitch it to you in a second. But death, duty, legacy, and the soiling of your legacy. This big question of what do you want to do? What will you become? What will the history books say about you? Uh, an outsider among the natives, the clubfoot, talking about that plant surviving to Allison and, and lost in this uh, wilderness. Remind me a lot of uh, Santa's stark alone in, in king's landing and, and you have to face yeah. those hard truths and the question of you know hey what do you prefer roast duck or goose and if this society let you choose what you want to eat for dinner things might be a little better going to what you're talking about alden sometimes i watch these episodes and go this is a lesson about a, a restrictive society stuck in traditions that destroys a lot of the things that could be a lot better but anyways a lot of big things there uh, alden where you want to go next 
Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that stuff about the sullying of the legacy. That was something I was really fixated on. Mm. The sullying of the white cloak, perhaps the bloodying of the white cloak. If you ask some of the more scandalous people there at the mm. wedding, the mm. the idea that Kristen, being sort of the apex of that in the episode, the apotheosis of just horrible decision making and and yeah. guilt and terror, um, the way that he's mortified by a truth that he would then have to carry doesn't carry it for long, but still the, the way that at least not alone, but the way that those things weigh on you, the mm. way that what happened weighs on Renera, the way that what has continues to happen seems to not really weigh on Damon, everyone reconciling with the fact that whatever their role is, mm. has been corrupted, whatever mm. their station is, is being corrupted. Even Corliss, who is so proud of like, mm. what a big win today, right, babe. And then Rainey's being like, uh, dude, this is not, some Valarian win. This is mm-hmm. not a straight up, I'm over it. You're not over it. Yeah. And that station of like, we're the in-laws, we're about to have kingly grandchildren, like even that is corrupted. Mm-hmm. So it's everybody sort of realizing like these on paper roles, king consort, king's guard, mm-hmm. princess, we've we've screwed them all. Only Lionel Strong really is having a good time at his job. <laughs> Only he is good at it. He, <laughs> He's he, good. he has his he has a strong son. He has a smart son. Gives his strong son the nod. Yeah. Picks him. Go, go, go scoop up that princess. Get her out of there. Like, <laughs> actually, like, actually did like that. Yeah. It's a, um, it's a great little beat. I summon a strong boy. Yeah. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Live up to your name. Live, Honestly. <laughs> Live your yeah. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great stuff there, Andres. Uh, this idea of, uh, yeah, uh, of of these these titles, yeah, all of it there. I, I yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I the the Kristen stuff. I this is the character I like, right? This is the character again. This is why I hesitate sometimes to say I'm rooting for a character that he just goes and absolutely does the most man thing he can, which is he can't handle it and he cracks and he chooses violence and chooses chaos. So much stuff going on there. Uh, but Andres, your thought of uh, Kristen Renera has offered a let's just go back to the high country in Naboo kind of moment. What do you think? <laughs> It's insane how the show talks a lot about power mm-hmm. and about what is power and what is leadership and how mm-hmm. Kristen Cole this whole time has seemed to be a guy who has a good head on his shoulders, a good man, um, an honorable man. And suddenly he breaks, he cracks because of this relationship that he has with Rainier and because he doesn't want to be the side chick. Mm-hmm. He wants to be the main husband and he wants her to run away with him. And he thinks that this is going to happen, which to me yeah. was even the most bizarre thing yeah. in this entire episode. Cause I'm like, bro, no, who would say yes to that? That's insane. Yeah. But the idea of that, and then obviously at the end with him snapping in a, in a way that seems almost uncontrollable. Like he really does have this dark side inside of him, but it's this way of expressing himself that is so too, that is clearly too far and too out there. Something that maybe even Damon was like, bro, what are you doing? Like this is Kristen Cole (laughs) showing (laughs) that he has this inside of him as far as when he's giving a powerful secret, he can't handle it when he's (laughs) given a, a response that he didn't want it, he can't handle it versus anyone else in Game of Thrones history that we can talk about and how they handle power. I, I thought a lot about this this episode, especially mm-hmm. when you talked about mm-hmm. with Tywin, because Tywin, there's something about Tywin who was always in command, but he never had to punch someone or he never had to like scream and berate people. Mm-hmm. He yeah. always knew that he was in power. Yeah. And that's the difference between Viserys and then Cole. And obviously now we get to 
Rhaenyra mm. and Damon, but I, I thought that showed a lot of weakness inside of Kristen spot. Cole. Yeah. yeah. He mm. has incapable of picking his spot. I mean, you bring up Tywin, like Tywin's one big implied moment of violence is his actions at Blackwater production reasons, but we don't see it. We just see the aftermath. Mm. Other than that, it's all implied power, all conversational power. Here we see somebody that can't play that game. Like you're saying, Andres, he's incapable. Even Damon, the resident hothead is like, I'll, I'll save this Royce fight for another day. I'll yeah. save it for when I show up and claim this. I'll, I'll deal with you in about a month. But the the mm. whole idea of Cole pleading for the quick death and then almost being yeah. denied it, like it's like when he he'd almost my interpretation was he accepted his death as he was speaking to Allison, and yeah. then she, through kindness she almost robbed him of it. And mm. so then it's like, well, oh, I have to. Oh, I thought you were going to send me to the, you know, like a Kingsguard would, like an Oathbreaker would. Um, and I th- now I thought he was going to get this hat. Live. I thought he'd ask for this hat. It's a good hat. The Knights. Uh, see that that would have been the nice, clever. <laughs> like you could have gone up there, and but nope, nope. People are not uh, not great decision makers here. But yeah, the <laughs> and then and then just leaving it up to us, right? Mm-hmm. The ambiguity of what broke it out. You could create any theory you want. Mm. It's Damon with that kind of aggressive neck grab. Mm. And chaos. Did this Joffrey guy lunge for to help Rhaenyra? And it seemed like he was lunging at her. And that was Kristen's snapping point. You can come up with 10, 10 15 of those. Mm. But it's the fact that it was just one more. It was Rhaenyra's rejection, then Allison robbing him of what he expected. And then that third Joffrey was just, it just happened to be you, man. It, yeah. it was whoever that next one would have been, right? Like, there's mm. no personal thing with Joffrey. Joffrey thought that they had an accord. It seemed like. Yeah, I had one of those was, moments where I was like, this is very well and reasoned. <laughs> it was passive aggressive and yeah, snooty it was, for it snooty. sure. Yeah, it was it was it was definitely a, a, an emotional and like kind of intellectual dunk. Like, don't think I don't know. But anyway, it's cool. That's my book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mm. it was just a bad night. Yeah, a lot going on there. And a lot from Kristen. I love, you know, this thing of this pleading, we will be nameless and free, which does sound great. But her answer of, you know, I am the crown. Um, I, I am the Senate. No, uh, I am the crown or, or will be. And, and she won't turn from her duty, won't won't uh, turn away from her legacy. And in a way, he already has. And he can't handle that. That's the part that he can't mm-hmm. handle. Uh, yeah, brutal. Uh, well, shall we, we can break down the wedding or talk about the wedding uh, whenever we want here. But I, I, that was one of the things I love because I, I was like, what the hell is Damon going to do? And then, you know, Viserys, who always gets upset. Anytime Damon does something crazy, Viserys acts, and I thought, mm-hmm. and then to have that uh, that that faint left to to go to the uh, this other action, I thought it was uh, played out well. And this, and whatever happened, where on Patty Considine's facial expression, yeah, that's when the scream hits. So I've rewatched that like three different times, and it really is just like fill this in as if you were a player. Mm-hmm. It makes us part of court at that moment, mm-hmm. um, part of the wedding guests. You could pick a table where you're sitting because you didn't get a full view, yeah. and that's the the crazy element of it. And to, to tie in what you said just there, just then uh, about Rhaenyra, like her rejection of him is as kind as it could have been. Perhaps it could have been worded better, but she's 18. She's a kid. Like, but it's the whole idea of we are with her. And we know that when she says the crown, she's also saying my dad is destroying tradition because he believes in me. It's also, I'm Viserys's daughter. And then thirdly, it is also what we know that only she and Viserys know, which is, I could very well be the one to save the world. 
Yeah. And I cannot walk away from that. That lingers over everything in this show now. It lingers over everything in Game of Thrones now. Yeah. Aegon's, which they brought up again in the last one after the, the sex scandal. Mm-hmm. She got to actually read the prophecy that time. So now it's even fresher and more defined in her mind. She knows about the prince or princess that was promised. And mm-hmm. she's on that boat like, dude, love's great. And I think you're hot. But it's me versus actual death. Maybe. Mm-hmm. So I have to defend this country. Hey. But she can't say that. And yeah, she can't say that. There's something to be said about gentlemen when the lady uh, rejects your, uh, your your plea. Uh, process it. <laughs> it's on you to process it. And Kristen mm-hmm. did not process it. A uh, lot of stuff there. Uh, we can go to Viserys. Let's see if any final thoughts on Kristen, uh, Andres. Um, well, do do we want to just before we move off of Kristen, yeah. if either of you wanted to address the attempted suicide um, before we move entirely off of him, I thought yeah. that. That was an interesting Go beat of Sir, you know, all she says is Sir Kristen and he stops and it sort of leaves it for the audience. But that moment of it's almost Allison showing a kindness, but also the most auto high tower move she's made so far. Mm. I've now stopped you from take I've now given you mercy twice in a 24 hour period, essentially. Yeah. And now you're you're a knight of the green, baby. <laughs> like I, I'm going to drag you back from this mental breakdown and you should be yeah. shamed. You should be decloaked. You should be all of these things, but I stopped you here in the godswood. It's just me and you, mm. your queen. And you broke your vows a little bit, but I'm going to be equally unconventional in showing you kindness. And it's like now kind Allison, who was your grace. I brought you a book six years ago is now, let me stop your suicide, but not because I want you to not do it. Mm. And that was a, a chilling thing to see for yeah. sure. I loved it. Great final uh, sequence there. Andres, yeah, your thoughts on uh, Allison's big move there. Yeah. I mean, it's more, it's more tools in the tool bag for her to have in the future when it comes to the, the pretty much predestined conflict that is to come between Aegon and Rhaenyra. Essentially, Otto set it up this episode by telling her that. So I feel like that was a key moment. She knows what Kristen Cole can be inside a a battle or a war or even just a master of information that Mm -hmm. he already Mm -hmm. has. So that's a a very important factor for sure. And an emotional blow too. Not only are you knight, not only are you Kingsguard and all of these practical things, but a player on my team that was such an intimate, literally yeah. intimate player on hers is just an added bonus. Yeah. Good move. Collecting tools, like Andre said, adding it to the book. Uh, loved it. Loved the ending. Uh, and it's one of those things where, yes, I've read Fire and Blood, but sometimes I'm like, oh, wait, does he, what does he do? Uh, let me just let the show tell me. <laughs> and I just sat mm-hmm. back and really took in that moment there. Uh, death, duty, legacy. To me, you kind of say death kind of forces thoughts about duty, which supposedly confirms your legacy. A lot going on with Viserys here, literally saying, literally asking, what will they say of me? And he wonders if he would have been a different man if he had faced a great crucible. I love that conversation. And also uh, this through line here, and Alden, I know it's something that uh, you were interested in of, uh, Viserys not asking for the true help he needs, not getting what he really needs, not accepting, mm. and also just not getting the treatment. There's this moment here where you have Maester Orwell who's like, hey, I cooked up something special to actually help him. And you got the other Maester calling, no, 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 we're good with the leeches here. He's not getting what he needs as he contemplates his legacy. Yeah, it's fascinating to see. Him and Corlys have not been on good terms mm. since before the Battle of the Stepstones. 
Um, it's been years. And even Corliss is like, do you need a chair? And he says, no. And then like five minutes later, do you need a chair, man? Yeah. Please sit. Still won't do it. People are pushing away what they need. You know, Allison and Rhaenyra being chief examples, they're pushing away any type of reconciliation or honest moment that they need. Viserys is pushing away the fact that he actually does need medical attention, the fact that he actually does need care. Mm-hmm. Um, he pushed away Otto, which maybe he did need that honesty, but Otto also pushed away his own daughter and his friend. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very delicate balancing act of writing, of seeing a bunch of people all in denial of different things, Mm -hmm. but how does it all work? And I thought that that chair stuff and even denying to his own cousin and saying like, are you you okay? And he's like, I'm great. Like I'm I'm fine. I'm awesome. Leave my gloves on, please. Like it's like, it's pride. Yeah. Don't touch me. (laughs) Yeah. Pride, hubris, fear. If it, maybe if I acknowledging the chair, then my fears about who I would be would come true. And what I think I need is a strong image. But that's not what you need, man. That's what you want. And those yeah. are different things. Yeah, and, 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 and Andres kicking it to you here, but just yeah, the idea that he has this thought of like, man, if I had won a war or conquered or all this kind of things, I didn't lose one, but I didn't win one, I would have been different. And I keep thinking, well, you, you're facing the crucible right now. If you were more honest, if you if you sat down or whatever, I don't know. I don't have a specific, I think there's a specific answer in it there, but a lot of interesting stuff, Andres, with Viserys in this episode. This was to me, the toughest Viserys episode. By mm. toughest, I mean, like, mm. this was his, his worst look, probably, yeah. in, in the entire series so far. Everyone has kind of shown, uh, or everyone has kind of talked about how Viserys is like, oh, he's weak, look how weak he is, look how weak. But this one really showed you, like, man, this guy is struggling. Like, emotionally, mm. mentally, like, a struggle throughout the entire like physically obviously and we see that there's cards and moments that fall into place Uh, the drift mark traveling to drift mark even cordless was like why did he come to drift mark he looks like crap like you just Mm -hmm. could have told me and he would have stayed there and that would have been fine for me and then uh allison coming in and harwin being like oh he's gonna get mad he didn't get mad Mm -hmm. damon coming in and basically being like you're not mad at me bro like you're not gonna do anything give me a chair (laughs) after the second banishment (laughs) and everyone running over viserys and him never really standing up for himself or standing up for Mm. what he wants to accomplish and it's just a difficult position where he wants to please so many people but he can't also be like Mm. as mean as he wants to be because he feels like that would be too extreme it it was just like tough for Viserys like a really bad look in Mm. every way this week that really Mm -hmm. kind of reiterated the fact that as much as you want to be kind there is a need for a, a quiet strength mm-hmm. and, and, and a quiet uh, uh, moment of realizing who you are and yeah. not trying to please as many people as you want. Yeah, something about you're so concerned about your legacy that you forget to be who you are, and and that's what yeah. you might be remembered for. Yeah, uh, great stuff there. And I was going to ask a question, Old, Alden. I know you have a thought there, but uh, my my thought was, did Viserys go to Driftmark in the Hall of Nine? Did he do it in it from a position of power? We know we, this is a, a, a an arrangement that makes sense. Uh, did yeah. he beg? Uh, was this what he wanted? What, what, is this what he needed? All those kind of things. Uh, Alden, uh, your thoughts there? Yeah, it's a fascinating thing to think about. Is Viserys like trying to? Is he show? Is he trying to show humility and accidentally showing hubris? Like mm-hmm. I wronged this guy years ago. I will go in person. Well, that's a nice move for a king to do. However, is it the right move for you? 
you're so busy trying to be Jaharis, so busy trying to be this fixer, so mm. busy trying to be this father that you you like you said again that you can't be well, you know, we, we can't help, you can't put us together and us bring, not bring up Star Wars, but like the Yoda, Bonk and Luke with the little cane, like in front of your nose, like yeah. that whole yeah. thing, like it was, it was right here. And, you know, like, like, you know, newly minted hand of the King strong says like, well, people that go through trials and tribulations kind of wish they didn't. So <laughs> per- perhaps it's like best that you're like this and maybe you could just be you, but there's a, yeah. There's a romanticizing that Viserys has throughout of history. His big yes. Lego set, his model kits, his little dragon toys that he gets from his young wife. Uh, all of this, even even Damon seems to be a student of history as well. So you know that that was probably a childhood passion of theirs. He wants to be counted amongst the songs, and he wishes that he could be that way. Uh, and with his head in the clouds, it's it's almost a it's a fall from grace that's not coming from pride or or or, or a bullish of you know brutal place like robert baratheon later on or and any of the other kings that we've seen he's very unique in the fact that he he almost wishes that he could be a storybook king viserys wishes that he could yeah. be a tolkien king in, in a way and it's, it's yeah. really sad to see him not be able to do it in this world because that's this world and to tie it in with the maesters um this last point just about this it's like you can see the generations battling and how people pay for that young doctors like well we could try this old doctors like we don't need to yeah. And it's like he was more present. Maybe he could speak up for himself. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, there's a big theme of that, too. The, and I think they did touch upon it. I think uh, Claire Kilner t- touched upon it, too. But at the wedding where you have uh, the adults that arranged have arranged everything, uh, all for legacy and duty mm-hmm. and maneuvering, are, are can only watch helplessly from the table. All of them, including Lord Strong. He's got, you know, sends his, his smartly sends his son in. But Viserys, Corliss, Rainey, they're all watching. They can't go help, and it's the generation behind them that's uh, out there creating that chaos that Andres was talking about. Um, I, I thought it was fascinating. But I also like that it ties a little bit to, to Corliss in that you know, it's a heartbreaking scene that, uh, you know, Lenor can't be um, what he wants to be in this world, uh, a gay man in love with, with uh, you know, uh, Joffrey. And Corliss says that oh, it'll grow out of it kind of idea. And it's just that, that they so are blind to what's coming up behind them that mm-hmm. uh, they're just causing more of these problems there. So he can't even grieve. And that as Condal puts it, it's a shotgun wedding, like which should have been the seven day celebration happens yeah. before the blood is mopped. Her hair is not even fixed. Yeah. is not even cleaned. Yeah. People are crying. Viserys's nosebleed has not even been addressed mm-hmm. and they do it right there. And it, it, once again, adding to this Viserys conversation of when he does put his foot down, mm. it's ill placed. Yeah, the time to be the firm king was not. Uh, well, we'll marry them right now. Like, dude, yeah. like there was a time to be on it. This is not it. Could you let everybody breathe and not letting the younger generation breathe? Is you know, yeah. it's classic, classic Game of Thrones at this point. Yeah, it is about the, a lot about the generations. Uh, Andres, uh, any thoughts there? Any thoughts of Viserys? We we're gonna uh, say goodbye to you in about five minutes here on the show. Uh, any any big thoughts that uh, you have uh, about this episode you want to share? I mean, to me, Lenor is a big factor as well. I feel like the relationship between Lenor and Rhaenyra could have possibly maybe worked in a weird, funky way. But now that he lost Joffrey, it's it's just such a big hit. It really mm. was, at least how the show built it up, the love of his life. So mm. it, it's that moment of like, I'm not going to be here mentally. Mm. 
Like I'm checked out. Like this is just not for me. I don't want to be in this relationship. I never wanted to, but at least I had Joffrey with me. And now it's like, now what's the purpose of this entire thing? If I don't get to live and I just have to suffer through a relationship that I've never wanted to be in in the first place. So I feel like that's very important for his character and obviously mm-hmm. for House Valarian and and how Corliss is just not seeing that at mm-hmm. all. It's just another key thing when it comes to the House Valarian yeah. uh, future. Yeah, absolutely. We did see a little bit of sea smoke though, right? We did uh, see yeah, like, yeah. and someone else. Lo- and I still screamed. Uh, Maylis, I think it was Maylis, right? Yeah. Got it. <laughs> now I'm always yeah. going to think of you when I see that dragon, Andres. <laughs> yeah, they even got a sea smoke emoji for you on Twitter, there Andres. It's great. I think of you whenever I see it. <laughs> I've used sea smoke emoji so many times already. Yeah. It's sad though. You're right. Like, and especially because they give us a an unusual amount of kindness because Rhaenyra is such a sweetheart to mm-hmm. Lenor and mm-hmm. introduces the food thing and is trying to tell him, look, you're my cousin. I'm not judging you for that. I love you, man. It's all good. We can have this deal. It's sort of the Marjorie Renly proposition, but even 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 nicer than that, because Marjorie did it, you know, for for gain. Mm. Rhaenyra is actually being kind to her cousin there and to see it destroyed mm. a mere like what, 40 minutes later. It's yeah. just heartbreak. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and going back even some of the rainy stuff of her just, you know, challenging Corliss, you know, to what end? All these things, all these plans, all this this talk of dynasty, to what end? Wealth, power, pride, uh, you know, he's just kind of clueless to his son's truth and clueless to the truth of the world, and that's a lot of what's going on, and I think this show deals with that, not just uh, specifically in uh, discussions about the patriarchy or masculinity and how to process a lot of this stuff, but just like uh, now this episode to me focused a lot about, about that generational stuff, which is big in Star Wars. We all three love discussing that, the generational switch and change in Star Wars. But Otto saying, this is your fight now. Viserys concerned about it, so obsessed. Nostal- he just, you're right, he wants to be a minifig in that old <laughs> Valeria Lego set. He's so worried about it when he really is a king of peace that continued the great realm, and he, he can't live with that, and so therefore soils uh, his own legacy and is in the process of that there. Uh, Andres, we are about to say goodbye to you here tonight because you've got uh, wonderful other things to do. Uh, I did want to give you a, ch- a chance. Alton and I are going to talk about here in a bit, but uh, we are getting a big cast switch. Uh, I think there's like 11 or so parts that are going to be aged up here, but Rhaenyra and Allison are at the center of it. I wanted to give you a second to talk about uh, Emily Carey, uh, what they did with uh, Allison and and what uh, 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 Millie Alcock did with Rhaenyra. Your thoughts there? It's going to be so tough to see them go. And, and I'm sure a lot of people are probably going to be hesitant to click in right away, but I mm. do feel like it's appropriate. And, yeah. I, and I know there's going to be this conversation around it because it always happens, but it's appropriate to have the change of actors, to have mm-hmm. the age up, to mm-hmm. have two actresses like Olivia Cook and Emma D'Arcy or D'Arcy? Mm-hmm. D'Arcy, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. D'Arcy come in to take their roles. And I also want to give a shout out to the actors that are going to play Lenor and Lena as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nana Blandell is playing an older Lena and John McMillian, I mm-hmm. think is his name, is mm-hmm. playing You're an right. aged up Lenor, uh, which is an- another important uh, yeah. age up that is happening in this show. So love it. I, I think it's going to take a lot of people out of it, but I think it's going to work. So 
Yeah, you're gonna and, and yeah, and we are not here. We are we, we here this channel. We don't compare House of the Dragon and Rings of Power. Life is not always competition. I'm a big sports guy. Ace has got his uh, Phoenix Suns hat on. We like competition. We like what it does. But the the gamifying of it in the in the nerd punditry world is something I've just grown tired of. But you're gonna see that. You're gonna see who's mm-hmm. better, who's this and that, and that's just gonna be. Hopefully, we can move past that. Uh, I'm very much excited to see what those performers do because we're gonna talk about it at the end. But I love what they brought to. These two characters, moving them off the page. And yes, there's so many other wonderful actors we're about to see in some of the other roles as well. And I think House Valarian being so key is good at that. Great points, Ace. Uh, we're going to let you go because you got some work to do uh, as well. Tell them what you're going to be working on, where they can find your other stuff uh, before you uh, head on out. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Squad Leader Ace. And you can find my channel at First Cut doing videos of House of the Dragon there. Also, make sure you follow me on TikTok at First Cut as well. I'm doing TikTok shorts for House of the Dragon there. So That's great. Yeah. So I'll do a C-Smoke one. And I don't know if you're going to have any uh, specific spot to talk Star Wars with Andor, but I think uh, you all, uh, with Andor coming out, uh, give uh, Andres any any place he's got his opinion on Star Wars. Give him a listen to it. I think he's going to be an important voice during the conversation on Andor. So I don't know if you got those plans yet. Do, do a TikTok on Andor, Ace. <laughs> I've done a TikTok on Andor already, and it's got no views. Do it again in Spanish. Do it again. Do it again. No, seriously, I'm looking forward to your thoughts on that show. Andres, we're going to let you go because you got some work to do. Uh, so thank you, sir. We'll see you soon. All right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's out here, and we are going to continue our discussion here. Alden, a lot to talk about in this episode, uh, including getting into the wedding itself, and how does it rank with other Game of Thrones weddings? What do you think? It's it's unique, right? They they talked about how they knew that they had our expectations. You know, there's going to be a lot of Game of Thrones wedding first-timers, and for those people, well... I'm glad you started with this one. You have a nice <laughs> ramp up to the, to, to the, to the, yeah, a nice ramp up to the old Robin cat situation. But mm-hmm. yeah, this whole wedding felt like a powder keg waiting to explode. Everybody's so angles, everybody's glances. When you, when Joffrey first notices Kristen Cole, when yeah. Damon first checks out Lena, when all of these little things that are elements that future storylines, storylines reaching their peak, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. storylines transitioning, all done with the utmost subtlety. Dancing never stops. Uh, yeah. Small beads, like we talked, we joked about Viserys and his food. Viserys and his food, which which just gets like, the cutting gets more aggressive when he sees Damon go <laughs> onto the dance floor. Like what? Like, he's, not, he's not even like hitting the chicken. He's just like, <laughs> it's just plate. He's getting all plate, man. It's, all plate. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's it's hard to watch. Um, but this this energy was it's the blocking. Yeah, me and my buddy Nikki and and a group chat that I'm in on Twitter. Uh, blocking the blocking the blocking is crazy what you see what you don't yeah. um how that final thing is executed uh claire kilner mm-hmm. quickly quickly becoming a star and for different reasons than like miguel sapachnik became a star like for this world mm-hmm. um her attention to detail the the precision precision really is one of the words 
about, you know, the timing, the way that everything pauses, little things like Allison coming in and Viserys forgetting where he was in the speech, yeah. small little beats like that, that you could argue, like, if you took it out, it wouldn't hurt it. But to have it there um, just tells you so much about the dynamics. Yeah, no, I, I love what you're saying about that. And, and and again, when we say wedding, we're saying generally, we know this is supposed to be a seven day celebration. This was a, this was a rehearsal dinner, almost a reception mm-hmm. uh, bruncheon. Um, and it leads to the shotgun wedding. But for, for our purposes here, we'll call this a wedding. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to sound, sound hyperbolic, but this, this is, this was like on par with, for me, and this is a personal opinion, for me with watching some of the great big fight scenes now or fight battles, you know, some of the Sapochnik ones, is it, I'm yeah. not going to, I'm not directly comparing it to the Battle of Astrid, Hard Home or anything, but I go to Hard Home, which was, what, 40 minutes or so of this sequence in which you learn so much about the characters, you learn so much about the story, but it's done in beats. This this sequence is going to be one I'm going to watch again and again and again. From the moment you go in, the set decoration, everything about it, the beats, the WrestleMania entrances, the Valarans walking in like bosses <laughs> with their own theme music, uh, Allison with the green dress, the beats, the conversation, everything about it. I really was in love with the sequence, man. There's so much stuff there. Yeah, everything. All the, the great houses that are represented, even the comedy with Jason Lannister continuing to be what? an annoyance. And what? the fact that you get like father and daughter both like this like that it's, a, it's great to see that continue yeah uh, because it's just it's just good audience training or or subverting what the audience thinks because mm-hmm. that's that puts us in a tone it makes us think this is going to be a politicking scene we don't we don't, uh, you know, not that mm-hmm. in the other weddings we expected what happened but right, we right. really are thinking like well the worst of this has has finished and Damon's here and we'll just keep our eye on him. Right. Uh, we weren't used to the X factors being who the X factors were. We'd never met Joffrey before. We'd never seen the side of Kristen before. Mm. In fact, we'd seen only dedication um, from Kristen thus far. Like, yes, he broke his vows, but at the same time, he also ended up in love. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like he had broken his vows in a violent way. So it, it really did play with like some real horror um, and it was fascinating, and it continued to show that you know, some of the themes we've talked about mm. all come into a head at the same time. What you brought up um, from the inside of the episode: older generation sits at the table while a younger generation fights it out. Damon, who's sort of the bridge in between the generations, piecing out, disappearing, mm. and not getting uncharacteristically not involved in chaos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's like, "That's funny. I'm leaving." Um, <laughs> he is truly. He is a Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Wild card, just you can't predict what he's going to do. He, you can't. He's gone. Who knows where he went? Maybe he's in Flea Bottom. I don't know. He's laughing it up, but every single theme sort of coming together in one scene uh, yeah. is always impressive to me. And everything. I mean, the the sullying of the legacy that we talked about up top yeah. is all here. And to see the self fulfilling prophecies that we keep talking about with Damon, will it happen with Renera? Will it happen with Allison? Mm-hmm. Happens with Kristen. You were so concerned about being this failure, telling Renera, this is all I effing have, which yeah. was a brief outburst. That was the most we'd have from him at that point. Yeah. Um, ties in beautifully with the fact that for those days, however long they were at sea, it was like, maybe mm-hmm. I, maybe I am a failure. Maybe I am a yeah. monster. Maybe it's, it all builds and builds and builds. Um, <laughs> And some people can't function that way. And yeah. it, and we see how pride affects them all. And Viserys too, bleeding on his food. Bleeding, yeah. Now, believe me, I've been there eating tacos too fast. But, um, <laughs> you know, no pr- pride's a big theme in this episode. And Rainey's is, is one that kind of brought that up to Corliss. But pride, 
And when you ask yourself or, or get, uh, you know, propose the question of what will you become and pride can really help soil that legacy. It's there. I think some stuff we're talking about with Viserys, definitely Kristen Cole, um, Damon as well, right? I, I love your, your note there about uh, uh, Lena coming in and just kind of, uh, you know, having her own desires, having her own, uh, you know, game plan, whatever you want to say. We'll see. It's going to be important going forward. But her just kind of like seeing Damon as Damon kind of wants to be seen. I, I like that idea, too, that you brought forth. Yeah, he's a reactionary creature. Like, if he's exactly whatever you put in is what you get out. Yeah. When Masaria worshipped him as this prince that would come down to her level, it was all great. Once he was challenged at all mm. that fell apart. And that's a pattern in all of his relationships. And it's like, once you meet his wife, mm-hmm. Lady Royce, she is this badass, and she's this renowned writer and hunter and is unusual in her way. And like, mm-hmm. you would think like, Oh, like, isn't this the exact kind of woman that Damon would want to be with based on what we know of him, but it's because she doesn't feed into the cult of personality. Yeah. And that's what he needs. He's, entirely a reactionary creature mm. um and so is his brother damon and viserys are <laughs> yeah. two sides of the same coin they yeah. have the same interests and the same flaws it's just one is the firebrand has mm. the blood of the dragon admitted by viserys and viserys is yeah i don't know he's in the wrong time i mean you even see yeah what he says to corliss like and their children regardless of gender yeah. will be the king or queen. That's bold. That's progressive for the time. And, and we know that by thrones, that mm-hmm. is still far from the case. Yeah. He's a man who wants to be in the past, probably should be in the future, and can't live here. Love that take on it. Love that take on it. Because I was going to ask us the question, what, what will he be remembered as? We you know, might have the benefit of knowing some of the histories in this world, but just going on what the show has presented us so far, I, I'm like... I, I, I kind of like, uh, you know, good old hand to the king, uh, Lord Strong there saying like, hey, you know, maybe you should take stock of what you have done. It's peaceful. <laughs> like you've done, yeah. you know, that's not a bad thing to be remembered for. You know, uh, Jaharis, uh, this, he's remembered for this. You know, he's not Magor the Cruel. He, he, he brought uh, peace to the land and kept it. And you kept that. And there's the Saros just kind of like, yes, but am I a great man? Like I, I, it's. It's tough. It's tough to watch because I do like this guy. And I love Patty Constantine's performance as him. I, I think he is amazing. He is kind. He's just in the wrong position. And like he's said, so warm. Time. And he has said, and it's it's one of those things that I love it when visual questions are raised or, or mm. things are conveyed visually. That's something that Star Wars does so beautifully. And to see this man who's literally rotting, of course yeah. he's asking these questions. Of course he is, because it's getting worse. And Otto, Otto hints as much to Allison. How, however much Allison actually knows about the condition is vague. We don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, she knows something. And if she didn't, he, she faint, he faints in the courtyard and she yeah. sees that um, with a look of disdain on her face because he lied. He didn't tell her about the yeah. and, and, and tea. To me, there's kind of the uh, yeah, didn't, didn't tea, but also uh, it's kind of the sign from the baseball coach. Uh, hey, it's time. You might need to steal second here. This is the sign. He's falling down. Your father's right. He might die soon. Yeah. You don't know when, saying, but he might die. Months, years, yeah. doesn't matter. He at least gets another decade, but yeah, you know, and we'll end on that that next time clip. But yeah. God, I, I hinted at it already. Patty and the and the older age disease makeup is just yeah. It's like seeing seeing a parent in pain. It's yeah. hard to watch. And there's that trailer for the rest of the season where he has the gold phantom mask. <laughs> Yeah. Thus implying that his face is gone. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> not not going good here, and, and and the throne taking him out piece by piece by piece. A lot of stuff at play here. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, as we discuss kind of the episode, the big themes, uh, feel free to kind of go where you want to go to. One of my final big thoughts mm. is going back to what I think, again, is the center of this episode. This is an Allison episode for me. Uh, absolutely. And, and no coincidence. It is titled, uh, we, we Light the Way, the words of House Hightower. And it really sets things up going forward. She is not going to be just sitting back. We got uh, a big time jump ahead of ourselves, uh, ahead of us. Uh, we got, uh, you know, a lot of kids growing up fast. Uh, Renera with child as well. We know a lot of that's coming. But I just think this really, really did everything that it needed to do to get Allison over as uh, as a power player and not just other people's pieces. It's She's in control as best she can going for it. I entirely agree. And I think that, you know, that's, that's the power of this adaptation versus the unreliable narrator, um, which again, not a comparison. It's supposed to be that and environment, blood. Yeah. but it's the, if we're going to do this and we're going to do faction based storytelling and we have time to build it, we need to make the head of the greens entirely sympathetic. This is not a one-to-one comparison. Mm-hmm. What I'm about to say, obviously, but mm-hmm. we need to make her magneto. She has to be understandable um, on an intimate level because if she's not, it's going to be very easy for people to be like, F the greens, blacks, yeah. yeah." Um, And you don't want that for your storytelling. You want to see her walk in there and feel a mixture of what I thought, a mixture of pride. Yes, good for you. You're finally standing up. But then at the same time, Oh, do you have to stand up that way? (laughs) And and that's what you want. And and conversely with Rhaenyra, you, yeah. Renera, I love you, girl. You did lie to her, mm-hmm. and you have not sympathized with her position. And yeah. you know, and there's there's communication breakdowns on both ends, which is that's the drama that you want. So it is that you know, Allison did light her own way, mm-hmm. but where are you going? Yeah, uh, evidently war. Um, Otto, Otto is that meme of heartbreaking. The worst person you know just made a great point. Um, <laughs> that's 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 what he's done now several yes. times. Yes. Yes. Uh, Really agree with that. Yeah. So yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's hard to argue with. I mean, he predicted, mm-hmm. you know, so somewhere out there in the future, Arya Stark's like, this auto high tower. He said it. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, again, there's these hard truths, which, which uh, the world of Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire is about facing this truth and asking yourself, who do you really want to be? So one of my big uh, things is Jon Snow um, setting out to be a hero and Mance Raider going, oh, I get it. You want to be a hero, but what do you really want to do? And that's something that John has to answer time and time again, what you're really going to stand for. And this episode had some of those big themes at stake. And as far as Rhaenyra and Allison, this is what you're supposed to be thinking. I think there's points for either side and I'm sympathetic to both. I think a lot of it was the system. A lot of it was the society that separated them. We've talked about that a lot. Otto, these hard truths are about, there is no middle ground. There's no middle ground, and and I don't think he's saying that's that's fair. I don't think he has sympathy for the situation too much, but you know that's what Allison has to come to terms with. There's no middle ground. Either I I uh, kill her or conquer her and put my son on that throne, do something to usurp her power, or I cleave to her and beg for mercy. And where are you going to fall down on that? It's a tough spot, tough spot for Allison. And I I I for one like her walking in that room because again, final point on that. Like you've pointed out a lot, Alden, so many times. Allison has been talked over, talked down to, overlooked. Mm-hmm. Go take care of the babes in the room. Uh, used, yeah. Used, and now even by her friend. We talked about last week, maybe some of that stuff with, with Rhaenyra and Allison was the final breaking point, perhaps for each. Uh, when she walked in that room, and it's a little bit of play. This is, the green dress is coming a little bit differently uh, than you might be familiar with it. They're playing with that a little bit here, but this is the moment, right? 
this is the moment for her, and the banners have been called. And I, for one, really understood where she was coming from. I'm not necessarily saying I'm Allison or Renera. I don't know what team I'm on. I might, again, just be on the Night's Watch. Let's go hang out up there. <laughs> Let's go <laughs> hang out up there. It's just easier than yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting to see the way that, you know, with the Allison-focused stuff, I just on a TV, like, cons- like you know, script level, I think that it does two very, like, TV tropes things mm. beautifully. Things that I think are a delicate balancing act. One is pretty simple. It's the let's stop and explain symbol mm-hmm. um, with the two strong brothers explaining what yeah. the green is. I thought that was as as smoothly as you could have done that. Yeah. Um, for people that aren't you know that are coming in fresh. And then the other thing is a trope that ooh I resist a lot and ooh they got me and they won me, mm. um, which is the hey we're on a network television show and we're talking about two different things. And we're not going to ever have the right words with Kristen and Allison of like, is this drama true? Yes, I confess. Wait, that's not what I was talking about. That could have easily mm. made the characters, mm. made you frustrated with them. Yeah. That could have been the kind of writing that you see on certain like, you know, CW superhero <laughs> dramas where it's like, why didn't you just say what needed to be said? Why didn't you use your words? Why didn't you use a pronoun? Why didn't you use the word uncle? Why didn't you anything? Yeah. Um, and ah, they earned it. They got it. Because when he when he confesses, Emily Carey, gunning, gunning for that supporting actress Emmy. <laughs> I think. Um, yeah. Hey. She. What a, what a final scene! Like yeah. thirty emotions, mm. all there at the same time. And 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 Kristen Cole too. Um, Oh, I forget the gentleman's name. Uh, Fabian. F- Fabian Frankel is that his name? Yeah. Fabian Frankel. Yeah. I was gonna. I keep wanting to say Fabian Martel, which it, is a, an RPG character or something it, I've been working it, on. It but. could be. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> it could be. Yeah. I think you are right, Frankel. I mean, he really um, found yeah new levels of death, depth, new levels of horror, um, rage. Mm-hmm. He he. Yeah. The, the everybody and Millie Alcock too. I mean, if we're saying goodbye to these two young women, uh, young women, I. And I hope we're not. I mean, I know we are in full, yeah. Yeah. but if Listen. at any point in season two, it's like, let's show a good time between mm-hmm. them, that would be welcomed. Yeah, look, the, the, the one thing I'll say, and, and, and I get, unless you have any other big points on the themes or anything, uh, Alden, okay. we'd start looking at next week. Um, unless you do. Do you have any themes? No, yeah. Okay. No, I say let's go for it. Okay. Or did we just want to talk about how uh, Jason Lannister is a douche? I just... <laughs> I just hate him. I just really do. And and it, he shot up to the least popular Lannister list. He really did. Because for a while it was like, you know, who's who's the worst one? I don't know. Maybe Uncle Kevin. He kind of sucks. But now Jason Lannister is Tywin would hate Jason Lannister. Oh, oh hate him. yeah. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, no, uh, looking ahead and looking at what's coming down the line here. Uh, yeah, big things uh, forthcoming. But as far as like even yeah, looking ahead, uh, the, the one thing I was thinking about it a lot more tonight because, uh, you know, is you got a little bit of those pangs of, oh, we're going to lo- lose these, uh, not not just these two, but as Andres pointed out, a lot of, a lot of actors coming in here and switching. Uh, um, we're going to lose some good actors. It's just the way of it. Um, but they're jumping around so much. You could there's a there's a possibility that if they want to, and I know that some of the a- actors might have been addressing rumors of season two, um, you could really easily uh, jump back when you need to to tell so there's so much real estate on this story because of these time mm-hmm. jumps, which I think they've handled the time jumps well. You always say they go to the meat, they go to the meat, like they're like they're not like Viserys missing the meat when you cut it, they go right to it. Um, <laughs> no. So uh, I have a lot of hope that we'll see some of these faces and, and hear some of these names again. I hope so too. I think it's, I think it's definitely the time, 
we are in a, you know, the, the two, 2000s, 2010s, nonlinear sort of became the mood. And not that mm-hmm. this is nonlinear, but, you know, Star Wars didn't flashback until Force Awakens. You know, the, yeah. that, the, the Ray stuff is the first time people embraced that. Um, season six of Game of Thrones, bringing in Robert Aramayo as young Ned and, and getting to see Liana when they were children. You saw the young Ned and then child Ned. And so playing mm-hmm. with that, if you find that opportunity, whoever's writing these scripts, and we see these adult women at war and then it's like, you know, it would make this hurt a really nice memory, like <laughs> you know, something like that of them reading by the, in the God's wood. Like yeah, yeah. it's that type of stuff that I would love to have. I would love to have that as an unannounced, like, ah, it's them. Ah, like mm. they're, they're in now they've been embraced. They've really won the hearts um, in the same way that all the young performers on Thrones did. I mean, yeah. their, their track record of casting, uh, from child to late teens, I think Millie's 19, like that, that. Yeah. I think, I think Emily's 19, Millie's. Oh yeah. Millie's like 22. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Emily, yeah but still, yeah. yeah it's wildly good. All I know wildly is, good. all I know is Patty Considine's like a year older than me. And that makes me feel like my legacy is not secure. So. <laughs> well, maybe you and Patty can meet at one of his shows, the rock show. Yeah. He is, he's he's a rock star as well. Ah, oh, more things I haven't accomplished. Okay. Um, <laughs> What will they say of me, Alden? What will they say in the songs? Um, no, great stuff. They're looking towards next week and beyond. Where are you at with that as we start to wrap up the show tonight? Uh, yeah, as I've talked about, just terror. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, just you know, terror. I, 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 I joked, like, the other day that seeing Harrison Ford cry I was like seeing my dad cry. Like, seeing <laughs> Viserys not being able to move right is, like, yeah. really hurting me. I didn't expect that. Mostly because it's Patty and he's so joyous Yeah, um, that it's hard to see him that way. And because Viserys is a rare, just decent person. Yeah. Not every call has been great, but decent person. So that's yeah. terrifying. But then it's the, uh, hey... Those babies of Rhaenyra's, they don't look right. Mm. Their hair is uh, mm. not not white. Somewhere mm. out there, Ned Stark, black of hair, black of hair. <laughs> black of like, hair. as black Game of, of Thrones has black taught us. Black of hair, black. Uh, I'm going to go confront her in the garden. That's a great plan. Um, yeah, it's, it's you know, Game of Thrones. If, if you're fresh and this is your first Game of Thrones show, mm. you're in for a little treat there. If yeah. you have uh, original Game of Thrones knowledge, you see kids walking around that, don't have that dominant Targaryen gene that should raise some questions. Getting the flashes of Olivia and Emma Darcy mm. at, at the small council table is exciting because yeah. because yeah. Olivia Cook, like Emma Darcy, I'm less familiar with their work. Mm-hmm. They seem wonderful, um, but Olivia has that next big thing sort of energy to her mm. in Hollywood. Like her performances have all been killer, award nominated, yeah. and it's yeah. just cool to see her sort of like stepping up now it's gonna be exciting yeah i can confirm at the coffee shops in burbank that's all we talk about olivia cook as next you big, should next big, next big <laughs> as you should and then i hope when she walks in you all kneel yeah we always oh, oh i bend the knee to everyone who walks in <laughs> absolutely absolutely no uh, no absolutely think you're right i think i was um you know going into this season there was the big questions we are wondering how they're gonna is it, is it flashbacks this and then when the, when the mm. word kind of came out when some people actually kind of watched the episodes Oh, it's it's linear. I just kind of off air kind of had this to myself. Like, how I don't know if I like that. How is that going to work? Um, I mean, I, you know, I could imagine the many possible ways, but I just was I was I was dubious. I was dubious. Uh, I really like the way it played out. I really like what we've got. I'm going to miss these performers again. Have hope it'll come back. I I'm really excited to jump this forward ten years and spend mm-hmm. five episodes in this <laughs> yeah. new world and beyond as we uh, keep going with the show. Mm. Harwin Strong's like Viserys, you're stressing me out, man. I'm losing hair. <laughs> 
Yes. My, my sons are stressing me out. Seeing the little, for the actors that are not changing, the the costuming and, and hair and makeup changes are fun. Yeah. Just on a filmmaking level, that's fun to see. Lord Strong, it's like it's like when you go back to your, uh, you know, earliest my uh, MySpace. My, MySpace is still active. You look at your profile <laughs> picture, then you go to your Twitter picture. You're like, what happened? What happened? It was only 10 years. That's Lord Strong. Well, yeah, it's. It's any president at the beginning and end of the administration. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? Jesus, what happened? Do they yeah. suck your soul in that place? Like, and some people are like, yeah, they do. But they do. They yeah, do. yeah, it's really interesting. Is there anything else in the, the preview that I'm forgetting that excited you? I know we get some Lena and Damon. Yeah, we do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm very intrigued uh, by, uh, you know, this is very much a series about Allison and Rhaenyra and their place in this world and how they try to find it. And, Oh, but man, there's so much about the Rogue Prince that it's just—it's uh, truly a wild card. Andres saying chaos, really, um, just about the episode, but about Damon is so right. And um, mm. again, even knowing some of the plots and having read Fire and Blood, or just knowing the histories from going through wikis and stuff like that, I—I am—I'm leaving it all at the door just to see what Matt Smith is going to do with this character's decisions and how he plays it. I'm right. excited. I would like to just throw out something from friend of the show, Charlie Ashby, that I forgot and I want to mention it. No uh, Brits our- here. No Brits here. <laughs> no Brits. Hey, it's a sensitive time for them right now. We got to, yeah. we got to throw, got to throw Chuck, Chuck a bone. Uh, the young performer playing teenage Aegon, who we see in the next week preview, mm-hmm. uh, who, you know, those of you playing at home, that little baby we saw in episode three, who's going to be a problem. The, the, ba- the conqueror babe, as he yeah. was called. He's now a teenager. He's being played by Ty Tennant, David Tennant's adopted son, which means that, and David Tennant is married to Georgia Tennant, whose father, Peter Davison, was the fifth doctor. So his grandfather is a doctor, his now father is a doctor, and his on-screen uncle is a doctor, (laughs) which Charlie was very excited about. Um, He was, it's David Tennant's biological son, but he adopted him. He's been there his whole life. And, uh, yeah, so he's going to go to work now with Matt Smith, the guy that took over for his dad and his grandpa. Well, <laughs> just getting that TARDIS and jump to the future, which is what we're going to be doing uh, next week. I don't know if that's how the TARDIS works. It just seems it like does. it does. Okay. All right. You can do that. Well, yeah. Sorry, Doctor Who fans. Uh, what, what do we What are they? What do we call them? Whovillians? Whovians. You were Whovians. close. Whovians? Who, Whovillians are Doctor Seuss fans. <laughs> That's true. Whoville. <laughs> Whoville. Uh, now, good note from, uh, as you said, Chuck throwing Chuck a bone, Charles Ashby. I uh, <laughs> love that there. All right. We are almost out of here tonight. A lot of fun breaking this down. We had a lot of fun looking at Rings of Power, uh, episode four, that review with Rachel Cushing. That discussion is up. Alden was traveling. But Alden, you're going to be back on. It's going to be you and me. Uh, we'll talk about. We'll probably have to bring another person. Rachel's out next week, so we'll, we'll need a game. We'll need a Lord of the Rings uh, lore expert. Uh, you and I got Game of Thrones covered, and then soon I'll be out because I got some comedy shows coming, folks. I'll be uh, Flappers next Sunday. We'll see how we work that out. Then I'll be in New York City, New York City, October sixth and seventh. Uh, with Mark Ellis doing some comedy there, and then Seattle at the end of the month. So, uh, oh, those are those places are close by. They're close by. If New York, Seattle, by. those are close. Yeah, there you go. Short so trips. If you short want information trips. on that, follow me at Kadnapsock. Go to my website, Kadnapsock.com. Thank you for listening to Castly Talk uh, uh, on the podcast side. Don't forget, uh, maybe you uh, swung on over to the YouTube side and give us a subscription to those who watch and see our faces. We really appreciate that. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit, hit, that, hit that bell and hit that bell. And Alden, where can they find you, including 
a wonderful interview with someone who I'd love to see direct the Game of Thrones episode. Uh, Mr. Ryan Johnson, you just had that as part of the Potathon 2022. Where can they find that interview in full and all the other things you do? Yes, Potathon 2022 is behind us. It was a rousing success. Uh, goal was 10 grand and we got over 16. Beautiful. Thank you, everybody that watched, everybody that donated, everyone that participated and shared. It was a beautiful time with some great guests. Mine was Ryan Johnson. That is still available, of course, in the stream if you want to watch the whole show. It's also pieced out on Octa Radio, my Star Wars podcast. He happened very fortuitously to be episode 100 of Octa mm. Radio. Ryan Johnson. So go check that out. And then I'm everywhere at that Alden Diaz and scan the QR code too. I always forget to point it out, even though I'm usually next to it, that QR code brings you to links. <laughs> yeah. And you could uh, support the show right there as well. So we can keep Castley talk going strong. We have many more seasons to cover for rings of power and uh, house of the dragon. And there's that other show that Alden is really angling to cover here. It's a <clears> Lucasfilm <throat> show. It has some uh, brownies, has some uh, great wizards, a lot of stuff going on. So we'll see if you can get a groundswell support to cover that here. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. <laughs> X amount of dollars for Willow. <laughs> yeah, There it is. You know what? For that one, maybe we'll bring Chuck Ashby around. I love that you call him that. It's my favorite mm. thing. All right, everybody. <laughs> we're out of here. We'll see you next week on Casterly Talk. Casterly Talk.